Dear Benicula, You were the very first vampire story I ever read in the third grade. To this day, I sleep with the covers over my neck so I'm not attacked in the night and drained of my vegetable juices by a vampire bunny! Sincerely, Bridget. Dear Benicula, what a fun story. Pretty remarkable pets. Sincerely, Grace. Welcome back to Dear Vampire Diaries, April Fool's edition, where today we have the distinct pleasure of escorting you not through the Vampire Diaries, but through Benicula, a rabbit tale of mystery. I am your host, Bridget, and we have with us a guest today, my lovely mother, Grace. Hello. Hi, Mom. (laughs) (laughs) This is so cool. And also for those who came for a Dear Vampire Diaries episode of the actual Vampire Diaries, we will also be releasing episode 16 of season two later today. So don't get mad at me. And it's so nice because this is around the time when I would do a trigger warning because the Vampire Diaries has really heavy themes. And we don't have to do that today because I picked a a children's story for your episode. (laughs) So, um, Mom, do you like vampire stories? Not particularly. (laughs) Yes, I know this about you. (laughs) But you enjoyed this one. I thought it was funny. It was very funny. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm really glad. Um, Tell me about when and how you first started uh, sort of being introduced to the Vampire Diaries. Well, I never watched the Vampire Diaries. I think maybe I saw about five minutes of it once when you and Nikki were watching it. Yep. And I thought... Oh, that's wonderful, but not for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you saw two people be killed, and then you were like, that's not my show. Yep, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) So do you enjoy any vampire media? You know, when I was in high school, I used to hurry home sometimes after school to watch Dark Shadows. Dark Shadows. Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. What was appealing about Dark Shadows? The mystery. Yeah. I think it was, I just love mystery. Yeah. So. Yes. And the supernatural too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a fun, a fun thing about vampires is that they are so mysterious. You also enjoy Neil Gaiman's um, The Graveyard Book. Oh, I love that book. Which has a fantastic vampire character. It's true. Yes, it does. He's very funny. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because Neil Gaiman actually has a quote on the back of this book. Oh, Yes. He says about Benicula, Benicula is the kind of story that does not age and in all probability will never die or stay dead anyway. God, I love Neil Gaiman. (laughs) I do. I have to say he's my favorite author. Oh, that's fantastic. He's a good one. Yeah, he's great. So do you have any feelings about vampires in general in the zeitgeist? Well, I don't really know. No, I don't think so. <laughs> you don't have, like, if you think about vampires as an archetype, like, is there anything we can learn from them? Not that it has to be, like, an allegory, but, you know. Well, I think it shows that people have the darndest imaginations. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a favorite vampire character? I don't, really. Yeah. <laughs> I love that I picked you for the April Fool's edition. This is fantastic. (laughs) You know, my mom is such a good sport. She was willing to watch an episode of The Vampire Diaries with me completely out of the blue in season two and to fully do an episode. And I was like, I'm not going to do that to you. Here's a children's book about a bunny. (laughs) 
which I did not read as a child. Yeah, that's true. What? <laughs> how was it for you reading Benicula? It, how long did it take you, by the way? It's a super short little... Oh, an hour, maybe? A couple yeah. of hours? I mean... It's a fun, like, little it, hour-long read. It really was a fun read. Yeah. And I do like a lot of young adult literature. I think it really has good messages a lot of the time. Yeah, I agree. Know? Yeah, I think some of the messages we can get from this, or that I took away, is like kindness and compassion for what we do not understand yeah and those that are different from us um but maybe we should get into the story yeah that sounds great yay all right well let's start off with the editor's note so this is a fun little intro to the book um sometimes there will be editor's notes that are very serious and very much like Ooh, this is how I came about this story and this person's writing means a lot to me. But this uh, is from an editor that says uh, a dog scratched at his door one day and delivered this manuscript in his mouth. And he looked very sad and droopy eyed. And within the manuscript, there was a letter from the dog that read, Dear gentlemen, this story is entirely true. And it's about his household, and indeed this story is uh, delivered to us through the perspective of Harold, the family dog. So chapter one, Arrival, we meet the Monroe family, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Monroe, as well as their sons Toby and Pete, who um, are constantly in competition with each other, like brothers, classic, very relatable to the Vampire Diaries. Um, And the family cat, Chester, Mm -hmm. who's very erudite and rather uh, feisty. He has a vivid imagination. And on this dark and stormy night, the Monroes are getting home from having seen a movie, Dracula. And they come home and they're carrying a mysterious box. And uh, who do they have with them but a new pet for the household? who is an interesting rabbit who has markings like a V-shape, like a widow's peak down his forehead and red eyes and little protruding fangs. And um, they argue over what they should call him. Yes, I thought that was great. (laughs) Yes, they were going to call him Fluffy. Yeah, Fluffy. (laughs) That's what Mrs. Monroe wanted. Um, they were going to call Chester Fluffy at one point as well. That seems to be a favorite name in the Monroe household. But finally, they decide on Benicula, mm-hmm. which is a perfect name for this rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> and the writing style is so adorable. It really reminds me of like the way that Pixar movies are written for like kids, but also adults can enjoy them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Chapter 2 music in the night. Chester recounts to Harold how he um, heard some music last night. Some uh, He describes them as gypsy violins, but since that's sort of a derogatory term, let's call them caravan-style violins <laughs> in the background. Um, and Chester is just really freaked out about Benicula. He was reading Fall of the House of Usher and, you know, you shouldn't do that at nighttime, kids. Um, I recently was reading uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and I was reading it as bedtime reading. Yeah, that's not bedtime reading. No. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe is really, those supernatural stories, uh, 
especially the fall of the House of Usher, which is about a house with feelings and a madman and his ill twin sister with a narrator witness of their doomed demise. Yeah. You know, that's a terrible thing to read at night before you go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder Chester is freaked out by Bonicula. He does not like this new pet. We also find out that Chester has developed a taste for literature because Mr. Monroe is an English professor. And Harold says that he also has developed a taste for literature and that the books themselves are delicious when he <laughs> chews them up. <laughs> yes, it's particularly Jonathan Seagull, I think. Yeah, yeah, really yeah enjoyed. <laughs> Chapter three, some unusual goings on. Some white vegetables appear. First, it's just a tomato. Uh, and the Monroes all gather around in the kitchen like, what in the hell, you know? And uh, Chester notices two little vampire markings on the tomato two little slits and harold's like so what and chester shows him a book called mark of the vampire <laughs> this is a book that chester will refer to heavily throughout the story <laughs> yes. but we realize that Benicula is getting in and out of his cage at night and he sleeps all day dun 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 <laughs> Chapter four, A Cat Prepares. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this is so funny. Chester tells Harold about his theory that Benicula is indeed a vampire. Oh yes, that's right. And uh, Harold is like, well, I know that the note that they dropped him off with was from the Carpathian Mountain region. And Chester is like, yes, but which region is that, Harold? It's Transylvania! And we know that the note that they found Vanicula with said, take good care of my baby. Which is interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what could that mean? And from whose perspective? Hmm. Unanswered questions. But uh, it's very, like, Abbott and Costello for kids, this dialogue between Harold and Chester. Yes. Um, Chester says that Vanicula has fangs. And Harold says, so do we. Yeah. And, he, <laughs> and Chester says, no, we have canines. That's different. What's different about it? Fangs are more pointed and vampires use fangs to bite people on the neck. And he says, yeah, who'd want to do that? Vampires would, that's who. <laughs> Wait a minute. I saw Mrs. Monroe bite Mr. Monroe on the neck. Does that mean she's a vampire? Boy, are you dumb. She's not a vampire. She's a lawyer. <laughs> she bites necks. I don't think that's quite the same thing. Benicula does not bite people on the neck, at least not so far. But he does bite vegetables. On the neck? I asked. Vegetables don't have necks, Harold. Vegetables are like that. It's like dogs. Dogs don't have brains. Dogs are like that. Oh, yeah, I said. Of course he bites vegetables. All rabbits bite, be bite vegetables. He bites them, Harold. But he does not eat them. That tomato was all white. What does that mean? It means... That he paints vegetables, I ventured. <laughs> it's just so cute. And like, yeah, it's it's very Abbott and Costello for kids. That's how I would describe it. So what does Chester do about this? Well, chapter five, Chester goes into his act. And he does an adorable little act out of being a vampire for the Monroes. Oh my god, that is hilarious too. <laughs> and he bites... Harold on the neck. <laughs> and they're 
like, what has gotten into Chester? Yeah. You know? And he takes he takes the little towel that Mr. Monroe uses to shave and like drapes it around himself like a cape. And he like crosses his paws and like, you know, pretends to rise, to rise from the dead. <laughs> and like hip almost hypnotizes Harold to the point where Harold wants to say, yes, master. The Monroes just think that he's like drunk or like, I don't know. They think something's wrong with him, and um, they put his little sweater on him, which he hates. <laughs> yes, and it has pictures of mice all over yeah, it. Purple mice. Yeah, purple mice. Yeah, purple mice. God. That's such an insult to a cat. <laughs> Chapter 6, Harold Helps Out. So Harold wakes up, and Chester has decked out the entire kitchen and himself in garlic. And... <laughs> Harold is like, oh, this smells terrible. And Chester is like, the book said to use garlic. And Harold's like, what book? The Joy of Cooking? <laughs> and Chester says, no, Mark of the Vampire. Garlic renders vampires immobile. And Harold says, well, I've got news for you, Chester. I can't go anywhere either. The smell is killing me. <laughs> and the Monroes come downstairs and freak out. They're like, what is wrong with our cat? <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> If your cat started doing this. So he gets a bath. Oh, poor Chester. Everything backfires on him, doesn't it? The best laid plans. Yeah. But then later on, Chester says that that didn't deter him. He says, Benicula didn't get out of his cage last night. And they know that because no more white vegetables have shown up in the kitchen. Which at this point, the Monroes just think is a vegetable blight. And Chester gets Harold to get Benicula out of his cage. And he's like, to destroy a vampire and end his reign of terror, it's necessary to pound a sharp steak. And he goes, wait, what does that mean? And Harold <laughs> says, oh, I'll taste this, this steak and tell you if it's sharp. <laughs> and Chester says, oh, never mind, it'll do, it's sirloin. <laughs> so they pound this steak into Benicula's chest as he's sleeping. <laughs> With their paws, I guess. And Harold would rather eat the steak. Yeah. And the Monroes find them, and of course, this is it. This is the last straw. They throw Chester out of the house. Poor oh little kitty cat. Gosh. But Harold gets the steak, and he's very happy. Chapter 7, A New Friend in Need. Chester starts acting really nice to the Monroes. He's purring, and he's just a little prince. But Harold finds out that at night, Chester dons some garlic on himself and stands between Benicula and the refrigerator. And Chester has been stealing the food that Toby and Pete leave for Benicula. So Benicula is starving. He's starving. And, and he doesn't look good. Harold is the only one that notices that he doesn't look good because Benicula sleeps during the day. Right. But Harold feels really sorry for him and he's drawn to action. To help him out, which happens in chapter eight, disaster in the dining room. <laughs> Harold's great plan is to put Benicula in the salad bowl <laughs> before dinner, right. <laughs> right when he's waking up. Yeah, he has to wait for the sun to go down. That's right. right. And he does. He gets there right as, and Chester, of course, is three steps ahead of him and comes out and pounces at Benicula. And Benicula jumps out of the salad bowl to avoid Chester, and Chester lands in the, in the salad bowl and spews salad everywhere. The Monroes come running in, and they're like, that's it! 
<laughs> and Harold is like, what, me? I don't need to go to the vet. No, surely not. Um, so, <laughs> in chapter nine, all's well that ends well, almost, we find out that the vet found that Benicula was starving. Shocker. <laughs> and they put him on a liquid diet because they think that whole food might be a little bit sort of a jolt to his system. And he takes to the liquid diet so well that the Monroes <laughs> keep him on it. And there's no more white vegetables. It turns out that Harold doesn't need his shots after all because he's already had them. So happy. He's yeah. so, so happy. So he gets a donkey pop. Yeah. yeah. And as, as far as Chester is concerned, they uh, take him to a cat psychiatrist edward von katz or something like that <laughs> and they think that he's emotionally overwrought so <laughs> he goes to therapy and it's great because nikki and i are always saying that everyone in the vampire diaries just needs to go to therapy <laughs> so this book really has everything vampires bunnies therapy it's great um <laughs> And Chester starts reading a book called Finding Yourself by Screaming a Lot. But meanwhile, Harold and Benicula become good friends. And they spend a lot of long naps together by the fire. And one time Harold sings in Transylvanian to Benicula a little lullaby. lullaby. And he oh, sleeps very soundly. So cute. That was my favorite part of the entire I book. I love that too. And that's how it ends. I mean, and this is just one of a series. Uh, it looks like there's another one called Benicula Strikes Again. And what looks like my favorite, Benicula meets Edgar Allan Crow. Oh, I love that. Which is hilarious because <laughs> there's no way you could know this because you, you didn't watch season one. But there's a crow that is heavily featured all throughout season one of The Vampire Diaries. And we oh. always make fun of it. Oh, really? And so Edgar Allan Crow must be Crow Paul Wesley. For those of you who know, you know. Right. And of course, Edgar Allan Poe writes that famous poem about the raven. That's right. right? So Edgar Allan Crow is oh. really appro appropriate, too. Amazing. I love it. Well, Mom, that's all for Benicula. Who are you taking and who are you staking? Well, I'm, I, the ta my take -em is about poor Chester. Oh. Poor Chester's antics, they were hysterical. And he proves that it's true. No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> <laughs> My stakeum is Toby. Because he feeds chocolate to a dog. Oh my god, I was thinking that. And chocolate is poisonous for dogs and cats. And I, I just hope that Harold's love of chocolate doesn't give young readers the idea that it's okay to give chocolate to their pets. Wow, that is, I was also thinking that. Because it does end on a note of like, ooh, I just hope that's another chocolate cupcake. I mean, it's a great story. It's just, it should be updated with a different snack for Harold. I agree. Yeah. So, Bridget, who are you taking and who are you staking? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I am taking Benicula home with me so that I can have a vampire rabbit. I love him. He is harmless. And I don't understand why Chester did the things he did. Well, I do. I mean, I know what it's like to be afraid of the unknown. Um, but... Yeah, I am actually staking Chester for starving this innocent little vegetarian bunny rabbit. Right, right. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. yeah. Bridget, what's the word of the day? Well, I'm so glad you asked. The word of the day is repartee. 
Repartee can refer to either a conversation in which clever statements and replies are made quickly, or a single quick and witty reply. It can also refer to one's cleverness and wit in conversation, as in an aunt widely known for her repartee at family gatherings. Yes. So we both have 60 seconds to write a sentence using the word repartee to describe something about this story. All right, Mom, what's your sentence? Chester the cat and Harold's Harold the dog's repartee was very clever and entertaining. Yes! I knew you would go for Chester and Harold's repartee, so I said, even though Benicula is the title character, we don't see any evidence of his repartee because he doesn't speak at all throughout the entire book. How true. Well, that's all for Benicula. I have been your host, Bridget, and my mom has been our guest today. Thanks for coming, Mom. You're welcome. Good to be here. Thanks for joining us, and tune in next time to find out if Benicula gets back at Stefan for eating his bunny comrades. Or will Benicula conquer the vegetable world? Dear Diary, today vegetables, tomorrow the world. Dear Diary, gee, Dad, it looks like a white tomato. Dear Diary, by hook or by crook, my friend Benicula would eat by sundown the next day. Dear Diary, he's a vampire, all right but he's a modern vampire.